I'm really excited to finish off the Barcelona series. We started off talking about the actual Barcelona course and what it was and how I felt about it. And then we went into talking about rondos, what are they? And from rondos, we went into talking about positional games. And then today we're going to finish off talking about situational games. And then I'm also going to talk about the difference between all three. I had a really good question on our Facebook group that I'll talk about. But today should be a really good episode. So uh, let's get started uh, with the Barcelona Way situational games. Prepare for a soccer coaching revolution. Come with me on a journey to discover the latest methods, techniques, and tactics that will transform you into a more effective coach, player, or soccer parent. Whether you're a seasoned coach or a beginner, growth never stops. I'm Sega Brabinovich, and this is Soccer Coaching Mastermind. Well, this weekend, I was very surprised with the way that we played. I think we found a really good balance, which is something that I've struggled with for a very long time, really since the inception of the academy. And the balance of individual player development through our 1v1s, which I call the legends approach, and the rondos, which is my Barcelona approach. And they're two really conflicting things. So for the longest time, I had a really big issue having my players either do 1v1 or rondos, and I would mix it up in the sessions. I would do half 1v1, half rondos, and it just didn't really work out. I felt like it just confused the players. Now, they were getting the developmental fundamentals of everything that they needed, but the way that it was delivered wasn't in such a way that made sense. So we've changed it to now doing for our Tuesday sessions. That's our 1v1 focus, right? So we start off talking about 1v1 defending, and then we go into our 1v1, and we use the same type of approach with our 1v1 that we do with our uh, small-sided rondo sessions. And that is, we start with no pressure, then we go into limited pressure, and then we go into full pressure. And I think that's the best approach because that's how people learn, right? That's the best way that I found that players learn. So for me, that's kind of what we're doing. And I'll talk a lot about that today as well. But back to this past weekend, because we've been focusing now for about three weeks on the Rondo approach on Wednesdays and Fridays and really going from Rondo to positional games. And our big focus so far has been our neutrals in the positional game. And if you listened last week, that was really the player in the center mid, the goalkeeper and the forward, their understanding of shifting over so that they create numerical advantages. And what I tell the players is I want the forward, I want the center mid, and I want the goalie to be a part of it. Be a part of the game. Don't just stand there and wait for the game to come to you. Go to the game. Be a part of the game. And that's made a huge difference because that numerical superiority has given us the balance that we need to be able to move the ball when the players are under pressure. And when the players are under pressure, 
pressure, it's very, very important that we have the 1v1, but also that they have help as well. So what happens now is that the players have two different solutions to the problem. They could either do a move, which last month was our Maradona. This month we're going into scissors. Or they can reset or they can pass to the center midfielder uh, for a given go. Or the center mid can switch it if we're uh, if we don't have numerical superiority. So it's just been a really good way to get the players to understand what's going on and what decisions should be made. And now we're really starting to see, and it was really evident with the 2013s, how much better they're getting. And the 2014s played, the 2015s, the 2013s, and the 2011s. Now, the 2015s struggled the most. That was because our players were late. So in the second half, we did really well. In the first half, we didn't. It's really tough to start a game without all of your players, and then they start coming, and then you plug in holes and move things around. So halftime came back, went back on, and the second half played much better. Um, Our 2014s haven't had a problem in a very long time, uh, knock on wood. So uh, they had a really good game. um, And they start off really slow, actually, I find. But even when we start off slow, we're still doing the right things. It's just getting the goals. Uh, I think that takes time. A couple of mistakes here and there. Our 2013 was probably their best game of the season so far. Uh, They played really well. The midfielder just controlled the game for us, and that made a huge difference. And then the 2011s, uh, they had 71% possession, which was ridiculous and I think too much possession. And we just couldn't find the the wingers, right? Uh, the other team parked the bus. It was one of the most annoying experiences I've ever had to just play in, in, in 6v6 and just have a team park the bus. That's one of the worst development strategies I've ever seen. Um, so regardless, uh, we just couldn't find the wingers. They didn't get open. Our center mids didn't get open. So it was a 3v1 in the back. So we moved the ball for like the whole game. Uh, and whenever we had a, made a mistake, their big, strong forward would intercept or, 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 or something happened and then they would score, right? That, that was kind of how they played. Um, but to me, this weekend was very positive and we're really starting to see that shift using this methodology that I'll talk about today. Now I have an announcement to make. And I don't know if I can make the announcement, so I'm going to whisper it, and it'll be our secret. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if, if you've listened to the show, uh, you know how obsessed I am with VO, and something's happening. And again, I don't know if I can tell you because it was just emailed to me, but I'll whisper it. So don't tell anyone. <laughs> don't, don't, don't tell. It's a secret. Uh, <laughs> So, so here we go. I'm going to whisper it right now. Okay. On February 22nd, they're going to be launching the new VO Cam 3. Okay. Shh, don't tell. Don't tell. It's a secret. And there's, there's a special introductory unveiling that they're doing. And I want you to be a part of it. So it's in the link. Okay, it's in the link. It's in the link. I'm still whispering. 
So look into it. Now, now I can talk. Okay. But don't, don't, okay. Keep it, keep it. Now, now here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay. VO is the only one that I've had on the show that I sponsor. And, and there's a reason for it. They listen. And to me, it seems like the VO2 just came out. But the reason it seems like that is because there is literally every single week, there is some new feature that they're adding. So I always feel like there's something new. And I love how VO analyzes the game for me. If I go in, I can see my possession stats, number of passes. I can see everything that I want. Shot, map, uh, like literally where my players took shots from. Uh, it, it just has so much information now and they're only getting better and better. And when they say something new is coming, you better believe it's going to be amazing. Now, there is an event offer. I'm just going to read it and do with it what you want. You buy a VO cam, a tripod, and a minimum of 12-month uh, subscription before the 22nd of February and receive a free upgrade to the VO cam 3. Okay, so... Uh, this is essentially the launch for the VO3, which means that it's not going to be sent out yet. So if you buy something before February 22nd, you're going to receive it. You're going to receive the VO Cam 3 before. So uh, uh, you're, you'll receive the upgrade for free uh, when it does come out and is available to the public. Uh, thanks, VO4, for sponsoring the show. You're awesome. And I love using it. Um, you know, everyone has a VO nowadays. Um, and I just think that between them and Huddle, I think the reason that they've taken off so much more and and you can see them more on the field is because they listen to the coaches and they're constantly trying to make things better for the coaches. So thanks, VO. I'm really excited to see this VO3. The upgrade from the one to the two was huge. Um, it was just so much better, the two. Uh, to the point where I don't even use my one anymore. So from the two to the three, I can't even imagine what's going to happen. Well, let's get back to Barcelona, the Rondos, because this is this is going to be the show. This is it. I'm going to talk about all three again. I'm going to break them down and just make sure we really understand the difference. And we've also had a question on the Facebook group, which I'll get into as well. But let's start with how players learn, right? And, and I talked about this already, but the way they learn is essentially, in my opinion, first you do something without any pressure, right? So we really teach the technique first, okay? That to me is the most important thing. That's the very first thing that we do whenever we teach anything, whether it's 1v1s, passing, receiving, and that's what we use rondos for. We use rondos to teach the technique and they use it to teach a technique of passing, receiving, support, advice, furthest foot, losing your defender. All those are very important techniques that players need to have before they move on. Okay, so Rondo is a technique building exercise. According to Barcelona, I want to be super clear here. Uh, I'm just telling you what they say. For me, I think there's actually a step before that. Okay. And that step is what I call the Jonah approach, right? And that is uh, 
Joner one on one, I think is his uh, hashtag or username on uh, on YouTube. So if you look that up and, and you watch his stuff, it's very passing receiving technique focused. So it's a lot more partner work. Um, and we use that to teach our players passing and receiving. So we don't use rondos for that. We have a step before that where it's very much tech technique focus on the passing receiving first touch. But again, I'm not going to talk about that because that's not part of the Barcelona theory, but just so you know, um, and if you want to learn how to do that, just watch his channel simple. Uh, and then we use the rondos for the other stuff. So support advice for this foot, losing your defender. We're also adding uh, fake before you receive. That's a really good one that we've added. And this is something that has now become a staple in our rondos. And before our rondos was really just in a box. Now we've taken it to two boxes where we have one player on the south, one player on the north, and then east and west, and then X amount of numbers in the middle. And what we're looking to do is a 3v1 or a 3v2 in one box. And then at any point that the players want, they can switch the ball. So we talk a lot about short passes to attract and then a long pass into a different square to relieve the pressure. And that also brings the two uh, wingers to support the ball, right? So that's basic Rondo stuff, learning the techniques of everything that we need to be successful. From there, we go into what's called positional games. Now, positional games, again, according to Barcelona, based on what I understood, is that now we're adding specific positions into the game. So all the players should know the techniques needed to be successful in every position. And then now we introduce them into position. So things like losing your defender, things like support, things like advice, things like passing to the correct foot, using the correct foot, uh, faking before we receiving. All these are things that we need the characteristics of players in positions to have. And now that they have that, we can bring in positions. And that's usually when we add neutral players in the center of the field, right? In the center of the small-sided game. I'm not going to refer to it as a rondo anymore. I'm going to refer to it as a small-sided game, okay? So it's a positional game. And then now, instead of something like a 4v1 or a 4v2 or a 3v2 plus one, that plus one is in the other square. Now we're adding plus threes in the middle, and that's going to really look, for example, like a 2v2 on the outside. So we're having two teams playing against each other with three players in the middle. One is my defender or my goalkeeper, one is my center mid, and then one is my forward, right? And you can, depending on what level you're playing, 7v7, 9v9, 11v11, you can just change that positional element. But essentially, the idea of the positional game is to really get the center space occupied and the wide space is occupied or the half space is occupied. And from there, we can really start to teach the different positions and what their roles are. 
So for us in the positional games, we're focusing on those three neutral players and telling them, again, can you be a part of the game? Can you shift to create numerical superiority and be a part of it, right? And if we think about the no pressure, limited pressure, full pressure, the rondos are that no pressure, right? There shouldn't be a lot of pressure in the rondos. That's why you see a lot of kind of 6v1, 6v2. I don't like those. I go straight into 4v1, and that's very limited pressure. We have a very big advantage. And then now we take that and we put it into a positional game where now there's limited pressure, right? So we can add more players in the middle. We could even make it a 3v3 plus two with three center mids, sorry, three midfielders against three midfielders plus a goalkeeper and a forward or plus whatever you want to call it. It could also be um, if you're playing a 4-2-3-1, right? It could be like attacking mid, defensive mids, right? We, we can have that as well. And then now while we're ready for once players understand their positions, understand their roles, now we're ready for situational games. Situational games are putting the small-sided games into a specific situation. So what is a situation? A situation is building out of the back. A situation is building through different thirds, right? We could be in the final third, the middle third, uh, our third. It could be any one of those, okay? So these are situations. We can be in a specific part of the field. That's really what a situation is. So we could be uh, attacking from the right side, right? On the right wing in the final third. That's a situational game. So now what we have, if we take it again from the very beginning, the rondo, technique learned. Now I've learned my position in a positional game. And then now that I've learned my position, I need to repeat it, right? Repetition is how we get better in a specific situation, wherever that is on the field, right? And we follow this in our 1v1s. No pressure. That's when our coach goes into the move and goes into very, very detailed approach of each specific move. And then from there, we partner them up and they do it with limited pressure. And then from there, we go straight into our 1v1s, right? So it's the exact same approach. Can we start technique? Then once we have the technique, can we learn the position? Once we learn the position, can we put that into a situation, right? So a situation game that I love is always going to be two in the back with our two defenders and then a 3v3 in the middle, okay? That's our, uh, that's our midfielders. And then we can, depending on our numbers, have a 1v1 as well at the top for our forwards. So the game is called a 4v4, three midfielders and a forward. That's 4v4 plus two. And the reason I like this is it's because it's very game-like. So if we think about the 2-3-1, that's what we're going to be facing. And a lot of the time we have that 3v1 in the back. So those two players should be completely open, right? And if they're ever in trouble, and the only way they would be in trouble would be if the forward cuts off the passing lane in between them, then you just reset to the goalkeeper. So it should be very easy to keep possession. So in that 2-4v4, right, 
we can then start to get into the habit of, okay, how do we look in the other team's half? And when we think of teams like Manchester City, who are very possession-based and keep the ball really rotating between the two defenders, that's what we're working on. We're working on that situation. Now, if we're talking about the 11 v 11 game, maybe that's not the situation. Maybe it's not uh, 4v4 plus 2. But instead, what we can do with an 11 v 11 is a 5v5 plus 3. And the reason we do a 5v5 plus 3 is because that's the shape. The 5 is the shape of the number of players that are standing. Okay, standing may not be the right word, but are on the offside line trap, right? So if we think again of Manchester City keeping possession, you'll see that they have a line of five players. And those are made from, in the wide space would be the winger when they're playing a 4-3-3. In the half space would be the attacking mid. In the center space would be the forward. In the other half space would be the attacking mid. And on the far wide space would be the winger. And then the three would be the inverted fullbacks, which are in the half space. And then in the center space would be the defensive mid, right? And then if they ever get in trouble, they've got two players behind them, which are the two defenders, right? So that would be really the approach that I would take. How many players are on that offside line trap? Okay, how many players are there? Okay, then I would just make that a 1v1 battle for all those players. And then what I want is I want to be able to keep possession with an advantage and having more numbers in the back, right? So we can always reset. And then what we can really start to work on is how do we get open in those situations? Well, we should already know how to support. We should already know how to lose our defender. We should already know things like the the center players in the center space should shift over to create an advantage. So all these concepts that were now Rondo concepts, positional concepts, those are all a part of this game. And we continue to repeat it, right? It's all about repetition in the right environment. Now, repetition is the key here. So a question was asked on our Facebook group. And if you haven't joined our Facebook group, Soccer Coaching Mastermind on Facebook, it has 1,200 members. That's a lot of members. <laughs> uh, I, I keep forgetting, sorry, I, I keep forgetting to plug things in. Um, I just care about getting this stuff to you guys. <laughs> Forget about the marketing part. So uh, apologies for that. But yeah, so if you want to join Soccer Mass Coaching Mastermind, we also have a website that I have a lot of stuff in. I haven't updated that, but it still has really good content, right? So uh, if that's something you're interested in, go for it. If not, no worries, but let's get back into it. So one of the questions that was asked on the Facebook group was, um, when would you add two goals in that small side of game? So when would you start adding nets? And we, again, we have to think about, at least in my opinion, what the point of the exercise is. So for Rondos, the point is technique, learning the technique. So there should be, in my opinion, no nets in Rondos because what we need to repeat is the technique. So by scoring a goal, it takes away time from repetition from what I want. So definitely not in Rondos. The idea of the Rondo is that technical part. And I just feel like if I add a goal, 
then they're not focusing on the technique that I want. They're more focusing on can we score right away. Then we talk about positional. And positional, the idea for me and the concept that I want is numerical superiority and keeping possession and understanding our roles. So again, none of that has to do with scoring. It doesn't. Because at that point, the repetition is the positional transition, right? So we have a lot of times where we lose the ball, we win the ball. We have a lot of times where we need to get big, get small. We have most of the game where I want the neutrals to continue to shift into the different spaces. So I don't want them worried about how do I get forward? That's not where we're at yet. We're just worried about maintaining possession and keeping the ball. Now, situational games, in my opinion, that's when we start to add goals because now the situation is the important thing. So if we're building out of the back, the goal is not positional anymore. The goal is not technique anymore. The ball, the point and the goal is to get out, right? Build out, get out. And if we're playing in the final third, the goal isn't keeping possession. The goal is to score a goal. So that's when we can add the net. And then now the repetition is in the environment. So I would say that up until situational, there's really no need for nets. My opinion, right? You can do whatever you want with the information. You can find your own. My opinion, I don't need it until the end. And if you think about the way a session normally works, it lines up with it. Because unless we're doing like the play, practice, play and all that stuff. The traditional approach is let's warm up. Let's get some technique in. Let's do something tactical And then at the end, let's finish off with a game where we score goals and see how it is, right? That's kind of that traditional approach. And this is very similar to that because it starts off with techniques, right? Warm-up technique. From technique, we go into tactical stuff, right? How do we move in our positions? And then from there, let's put it in a situation and then play a game. Well, I'm really excited for this weekend. We have four games and... I'm really starting to see our teams playing in the system that I want. It's kind of Barcelona-type system. So the performances have just been more consistent, I find, throughout the whole academy, which I'm really proud of. We have our 2015s, 2014s, 2012s, and 2010s playing this weekend. I'm really excited to try and get this 2015 team to a really high level. Now, we've got some really good players on there on this team, but it's a very selfish team, which again, I completely understand and I don't mind. You know, it's that journey from self-discovery to team discovery that these players are going to take on in the next couple of years. So, uh, I really don't mind that. Um, and we'll see how they do this weekend. Our 2014s, 2012s, they're now very consistent. And our 2010s, their performances are getting better and better and better each week. The one thing we're really missing is winning. And that's really because we're struggling to score goals. So uh, we'll see how this weekend goes. And I'll be back next week to talk about what happens this weekend. Our Facebook group is a really great way to get into a coaching community. Now that community has over a thousand members. So 
really great place to interact with other coaches, ask questions, uh, drop comments, anything that you're thinking about or struggling with and want help with. All you have to do is just search up Soccer Coaching Mastermind and it'll pop up on Facebook. Click the Join Now button and I will let you in and that's it. Super simple. If you found this series, this Barcelona series helpful, I would love it if you would tell another coach. That way they can listen to it and it really helps grow the podcast. Now, I know that a lot of people have come over from Coaching Soccer Weekly, but it's still a new podcast and very hard to find. So the more people listen to it, the easier it becomes to find under the Spotify or iTunes algorithm. So if you can just do me a favor and just tell one coach, that would mean the world to me. Uh, just anyone uh, to listen to the show, that would be amazing. And until next week, which you'll have to wait and see what I come up with, enjoy the journey, enjoy the moments, but most importantly, enjoy the game.